This is Victoria. I am otherwise engaged or possibly just ignoring your call. Leave a message. Victoria, I know you must be getting these messages by virtue of the fact I haven't yet filled up your mailbox. Of course, you could just be deleting them without even listening to them. I pray that's not the case. Anyway, I'm not far outside Vegas now. If it were night, I'd probably be able to see the light shining out of the top of Luxor by now. Do you remember that time we were all in Vegas together? You wanted to play the slots, but I kept telling you they don't let 13-year-olds gamble. That didn't stop you. I got a call to my room around midnight from Excalibur Security that they'd found you on the floor pumping quarters into a Knights of the Round Table slot machine. I was livid, of course, but when I went to get you from the security office, you looked so wretchedly appalled I had to stop myself from laughing. Of course, you had to drag Michael into your misdeeds. You two were always thick as thieves back then. I know what you're thinking. I'm avoiding the elephant in the room. Michael's letter. His second letter. And to answer the question, you're certainly asking yourself, yes, I've read it. Suffice it to say, its contents did little to answer any questions or alleviate any of my worry. The very first thing he wrote, the very first line said, I told you not to look for me. How could he possibly know? And how could he have known where I'd be? And when? I didn't even know. It doesn't make one lick of sense, Victoria, not to mention that it's just impossible. But it doesn't matter, really. It doesn't change anything. There's something really wrong here. And I mean to find out what it is. No matter what. Letters from Arkham, written and performed by S. Lee Benedict. The voice of Victoria is McKenna Beaker. I was overcome with an overwhelming fatigue just a bit ago which is strange to say the least, considering I got plenty of sleep last night. I had to pull over and take a nap even though I'm so close to the city. It was either that or run off the interstate. Just a power nap, ten minutes or so, and now I'm back on the road. That's funny. According to the clock on the dash, I wasn't out for more than ten minutes, but it looks to be almost dusk already. How can that be? (sighs) The stupid clock must be slow or something. Those mechanics didn't reset it correctly when they did the repairs. How long was I asleep? The traffic is unusually light. In fact, I haven't seen another motorist in quite some time. More importantly, I haven't seen that purple muscle car. Still not rid of that maddening tingling down my back, though. It's gone from mere annoyance to actual discomfort, causing me to squirm in my seat in an effort to find a more comfortable position. It's like someone's boring their knuckles into my sciatic nerve. I... There really should be more cars out here. I should be seeing the outskirts of Vegas any minute, the Luxor light. But there's just nothing, all the way to the horizon. Am I even on the right road anymore? It has to be. I just followed I-15 out of Barstow. Didn't make any stops or turns. 
You know, now that I think of it, none of this looks familiar at all. I'm looking for a sign, but I'm not seeing any. I'm going to call you back. I need my wits about me just now. Victoria, I really don't know where I am, and it's starting to get dark. My GPS is not working. I'm just a dot in the middle of nothing. I managed to find a diner, though. I don't recognize it. I mean, I've never seen this place before, even though I've taken the road to Vegas a dozen times at least. The sign says Atomic Cafe, and there's a neon rocket ship. Not like Apollo 11, but those retro-looking sci-fi rockets, like in Flash Gordon or something. There are a couple pickups in the parking lot, and it looks open. I'm going to go inside and find out what road this is. Hopefully I can get back on track, even if I have to drive in darkness. I've got to at least make it to Vegas before I stop again. I really can't believe the slow progress I'm making. It's almost as if something's keeping me from... But that's crazy, right? Okay, I'm going inside. I could use something to eat anyway. I'll call later. But if you get this first, please call me back. So, as it turns out, the Atomic Cafe is part 50s diner and part honky-tonk bar with a sci-fi theme if you can imagine such a thing. There's a 50s-style counter and final line booths, but then there's a stage, vacant at the moment, that has a kind of cage separating it from the rest of the room, you know, like in that movie, Roadhouse. There are models of flying saucers, planets, and alien creatures suspended with fishing wire from the ceiling. One wall is covered entirely in frames containing blurry photos of what I can only imagine are dubious UFO sightings. There's another section of wall covered with Polaroids of previous patrons, lots of tourists by the look of them. Despite the caged-in stage, which would imply a certain degree of rowdiness on some nights, the place is rather sedate at the moment. Two men, who I imagine are the owners of those pickups outside, are sitting at the counter drinking beers and eating surprisingly halfway decent-looking burgers. They look harmless enough, I suppose, if not a little rough-edged. Country folk, I gather. One of them even has a cowboy hat and boots. And I'd be willing to bet you ten bucks he's got one of those big shiny rodeo belt buckles, too. Anyway, I took up temporary residence in a booth by the door and ordered one of those burgers myself. Thought I'd give you a call while I wait. I brought in my old school travel atlas from the car and I've been poring over the map of Nevada trying to figure out where I went wrong. That waitress behind the counter keeps eyeballing me, though. Judging by those Polaroids, this place sees a decent amount of tourist traffic, so I'm not sure what she finds so strange about me. Speaking of strange, I never told you about Michael's letter. The second one. I'll read it to you. Dad, I told you not to look for me. They know you're coming. They know? How does he know? (sighs) You shouldn't worry about me. I'm not alone. There are others, like-minded individuals who want the same things I want. I should have mentioned that before, and maybe you wouldn't have felt the need to leave L.A. I won't insult your intelligence by trying to tell you I'm safe. You've probably seen enough by now to know that wouldn't be true. This is, after all, very dangerous work I'm doing. We're doing. But that doesn't change the fact we have to do it. Go back. Go back now, before it's too late. If you go back to Los Angeles, maybe they'll leave you alone. They don't know I'm working against them. Not yet. But I don't think I can keep that secret for long. In any case, 
watch out for the ones in yellow. If you see them, just run. Like I said, they're aware of you now, and there's no telling what they'll do if they decide to remove you from the picture. Please. Even if you did find me, there would be nothing you could do. So please, go back. Looks like my order's up. Time to figure out where I am. Give me a sec. Excuse me, can you tell me what town I'm in? Oh, really? Oh, okay, thanks. Apparently, I'm on the outskirts of a little town called Alamo. Although I get the feeling outskirts wouldn't be the right word considering I don't think the town is large enough to have what would be considered outskirts. So why all the tourist traffic? Okay, I I found it on the map. It's... This can't be right. Victoria, I don't know how this happened, but somehow I'm about 100 miles north of Las Vegas. And I think I just figured out why this place gets its fair share of tourists. The town just happens to be located due east of Area 51. I guess that explains the sci-fi slash alien motif in here. But I can't suss any logical explanation for how I got all the way up here. I I can't think about that right now. I'm just going to eat my burger, pay my bill, and get back on course. Looks like I can take 93 back to I-15 and head east. It's a lot of miles back, but there's no good way to just go straight east into Utah. Wait, who's this now? This is weird. Two men in suits just walked in and those two good old boys just hightailed it out of here like someone told them they were late for the Trump rally. These guys certainly look out of place. Government types, maybe? They're coming this way. Why are they coming this way? Victoria, I'm gonna have to call you back. Victoria, I'm somewhere in the desert. I've been walking for about an hour now. I've still got 20% battery on my phone, but I don't think it'll last long. I tried calling 911, but it wouldn't connect me. I just kept getting a busy tone. But I could reach you, Victoria, so that's something at least. If I freeze to death out here, at least someone will know what happened. Those two men from the diner. The ones in suits. I think they were from the government. Or something. But I'm still not sure why they had a problem with me. After I hung up after my last voicemail, they came up to me. Their dark suits are the only thing I really remember about them. I'm trying to recall their faces, but I can't. It's the strangest thing. But I remember their ties, I think. Were they yellow? No. Maybe a shade of blue, but they had these tie pins that really stood out to me. And I, kind of like that all-seeing eye on the back of the dollar bill, except it was inside a circle, I think, instead of a triangle. And the eye was yellow. I think. Some of it's really hazy now. One of them sat down across from me in the booth. The other one just stood there, blocking my egress. Why can't I remember their faces? We just sat there, me and the one across from me, staring at each other. Not saying a word. 
I mean, I was petrified, really. But eventually, I managed to say, can I help you? Or something along those lines. In reply, he... I say he, but I can't really remember for sure. He took off his hat. I, I just remembered that. They had hats. The doors or something like that. Anyway, the guy across from me took off his hat and set it down on the table. And then he reached across the table and slid my plate with my partially eaten burger on it over to him. And then he just dug in. Started eating my burger. It was like something straight out of a Tarantino flick. He ate the whole thing. The fries, too, wiping up every last bit of ketchup as well, using his fingers when the fries were all gone, licking them clean. And then he took the plate and flung it across the diner. It smashed into the wall behind the counter. I nearly jumped right out of my skin. And that's when I noticed the waitress was long gone. I hadn't even seen her leave. I don't know where she went. Anyway, despite the shocking nature of all this at that moment, I really wasn't all that weirded out by it. I mean, I was scared, sure. But as I'm thinking about it now, as I'm recounting it to you now, I wasn't nearly as incredulous as I should have been by this particular happenstance. It was like, you know, when you're in a dream. Remember when you used to tell me about your dreams? The most outlandish things you used to tell me. But when you were dreaming, nothing seemed out of the ordinary. That's what this was like. Maybe it was a dream. I don't know. But then again, maybe a more logical explanation is that I'm having some kind of psychotic break. I've got to consider that as within the realm of possibility, I suppose. And maybe all this is part of some ongoing delusion. The muscle car and that creature behind its wheel. My memory loss after I left Barstow. It would certainly explain how I ended up so far off my course. Oh, I'm too young for dementia. But the remaining possibility is that these things are really happening. Anyway, after the man in the suit, the one sitting across from me, consumed my dinner without so much as a buy your leave or even a thank you, I somehow gathered my wits enough to make my exit. I think I said excuse me or something equally inane and moved to slide out of the booth. But the other one was still blocking me. He put a hand on my shoulder and forced me to stay put. His hand was like a vice. When I looked at it, his fingers started to undulate, like there weren't bones inside, but something else. I struggled against his grip just a bit, but I could tell it was no use. I wasn't going anywhere until these strangers said so. I looked back at the one across from me, and finally he spoke. But Victoria, what he said... Well, I don't quite remember what he said, but I remember it chilled me to my core. A wave of nausea poured over me, and for a moment I thought I was going to vomit right there onto the table. The one who had me by the shoulder, he tightened his grip. Pain shot through my arm, felt like he was going to break it. I thought then, these guys didn't intend to let me go. And, in a moment of panic, I grabbed a fork off the table and, without even thinking about it, jammed it into the hand of the one that held me in place. Thankfully, my actions had the desired effect. The stranger let go and took a step back. I didn't hesitate. My fight response kicked in and I launched myself out of the booth, but I still had nowhere to go. The one I'd just stabbed was standing between me and the door, holding his injured hand. So I took off toward the back. There was a short hallway that led to the bathrooms. I thought maybe I could get out a window or something. 
but then I saw there was a back door at the end of the hallway. I burst through it and I was suddenly outside, nothing but the darkness of the desert in front of me. I looked back through the door and saw one of them coming down the hallway. He wasn't hurrying or anything, which was maybe even more unnerving. I moved to make my way around to the front of the building thinking I could get to my car, but it occurred to me the other one would probably just be waiting for me in the parking lot. So I ran, straight ahead, into the desert. And that's where I am now. Just wandering. God, I can see every star out here. There are so many. Stretching out into eternity, into infinite mystery. What's out there, do you think? Do you think we're alone? I don't know if we've ever talked about that before. There was a time I used to think that was all baloney. But after what's been happening to me the last couple of days since I've been on my way to find Michael, I may have to reevaluate my previous analysis on the subject. I mean, if I'm not going totally mental, then it might be time to acknowledge there are greater things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in our philosophy, Horatio. Or whatever that line is. It doesn't make a difference, though. I still have to get to Michael no matter what his letter said. And I hope I don't end up like the Prince of Denmark, but first, I gotta get out of this desert. Battery's nearly dead. I'm gonna hang up now. Wish me luck, kid. Hope you'll hear from me again soon, but if not, well, I love you. And I'm sorry. I'm back, back at the cafe, back in my car, and I'm, I'm pulling away now. No sign of those two goons, and the cafe is dark and locked up tight. I'm going to get as far away from this place as I can, find some place to get some rest. Maybe I can make it to Mesquite before I need to stop. Since you're probably wondering, after wandering for the better part of an hour, I came across a dirt road. I started following it back in the direction of what I thought was the town of Alamo and the Atomic Cafe. I thought those men might be waiting for me, but I had to chance it. After a while, I saw some lights in the distance, which led me to believe I was on the right track, so to speak. Eventually, I came across what appeared to be a lone mailbox, painted all white. Well, two mailboxes really covered in graffiti and stickers. One had someone's name on it. The other had a slot and the word alien stenciled on it. The mailbox had a padlock, but someone had left it hanging open. Of course, I had the overwhelming desire to look inside. So I did. I think I somehow already knew what I would find in there. And maybe you guessed as well. It's sitting on the seat next to me. And like the last one, it's got my name written on the front in Michael's handwriting. No return address. Same postmark, though. What otherworldly postman delivered it, I cannot say, and I even shudder to speculate. I have not opened it yet. I think I'm afraid to. <laughs> <laughs> 